0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Promise Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to like us and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Church. And to see what else is going on around here at Promise, please visit us at MyPromiseChurch.com. We hope this message you're about to listen to ministers to you and changes your life. Enjoy. may say amen. I'm going to go to the Word quick, and I don't know how I'm going to follow those kids. Those kids were preaching today. What was that one uh, that one riff they had? If, if we needed a Savior, He sent a Savior. If we needed a healer, He sent a healer. If we needed a King, He sent the King of Kings. I was like, write that in the end of my the sermon there, you know? That was good. I like that. Oh, uh, I'm going to preach quick because we got a second service to do uh, as well, but hang around if you want. Second service. Well, you'll know when to say amen and stuff if you want to hang around for the second service. Let me go to Luke chapter 1. I'm going to preach uh, just in this vein today of um, promises of Christmas, and um, I want to go to Luke chapter 1 while you're standing, before you're seated. I'm going to read five verses. It says, and and while you're turning there, Luke chapter one, if anybody is turning there, I know it's on the screen, but I still think paper Bibles are anointed. So if you've got one, turn there. Uh, And as you are, I want to tell you that Christmas, this Christmas Eve is going to be Friday night. I know this is the time of year where we really don't know what day it is. It's kind of like, is it Monday? Is it Tuesday? What day is it? Um, and so I want to I want to just get it in front of you one more time I know they've got calendar cards and all kinds of good stuff in the lobby there for you pick one up It'll help you. Of course, you can go to mypromisechurch.com at any time as well But this friday night turn to somebody say this friday night six o'clock Is our new year's eve service. It'll be in here. It'll it'll be our candlelight service. It's really beautiful um, our um our our worship team has a special set planned, and um, it's an abbreviated service. Uh, it's usually typically about an hour, um, and uh, if you've got plans, of course, Christmas Eve, uh, we want to be respectful of your time. But it's an awesome service; it's really blessed. And here's the thing: based on the way the calendar is falling this year, we're not going to have service next Sunday morning, a week from this morning. Uh, we will not have service. We're going to call it a Sabbath Sunday. Um, people are traveling. We're going to give our team, um, our ministry teams, time with their family. Our worship teams worked so hard the last couple of weeks. Um, and then, of course, uh, sacrifice to be here on Christmas Eve. So we want to give our teams at the kids' church and everybody um, just time to celebrate the holiday. So we're going to, instead of doing Sunday morning, we're going to do Friday night. So I know it's your habit to be in church Sunday morning, but come Friday night, it'll be blessed. And I'm looking forward to this weekend and to that service. So I'd love to see you Friday night. I think that's all I got. But the angel said to her, I'm going quickly, do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. I love this. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants. But notice it, his kingdom will have no end, will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born, will be called the Son of God. How many say amen? Turn to somebody, welcome them today. Say, you look great. I'm glad you're here. All that good stuff. It's good to see you. And you can be seated once you've done that. You can be seated once you've done that. You know... Um, I, I was thinking about this today and this week, that really, there's so many promises and miraculous things that happened at the Christmas story that are still promises for us today. How many know that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday? I wanted to make sure we I was in the right place. Jesus is the same yesterday and... And forever. And, and notice it, it said, His kingdom shall have no end. I love that right there. And, and so, the same miraculous power that God had that first Christmas, how many believe He still has today? The, I believe that, and, and I know you do too. And I want to tell you the first miracle that I see in the Christmas story is the birth of Jesus to a virgin mother. The mother of Jesus, Bible tells us she was young, says she was unwed, said that she was a virgin mother. That was a miracle back then and it still is today. Now, why was that? It is because for Jesus to accomplish the salvation mission, he had to be a spotless lamb that had no sin. The problem is that Adam was passing sin down from generation to generation. So David said, I was born in sin. I was shapen in iniquity because I'm a son of Adam. My father is Adam. And so I got it natural. How many know you got that temper? Natural. How many know you got those vocabularies? Am I going to help me today? (laughs) Tendencies. Some of that stuff just came with birthright, right? Jesus could not accomplish being the spotless lamb, the sinless one, the Savior, the Messiah, if he was the son of Adam. So he had to be born of a woman, but be the son of God, not the son of Adam. So how is that accomplished? He could only be born of a virgin woman, not the son of Adam, but the son of God. Now that's impossible, but guess what? What Mary can't do, God can do. I got good news for you today. His kingdom has no end. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What Mary couldn't do, God could do. What you can't do, God can do. What I can't accomplish, God can accomplish. What I don't have resources for, God has resources for. The miracle of Christmas was that God had a plan when we didn't know how to do it. So here's what I want to say is that a miracle is when God takes over. I believe in wisdom. I believe in discipline. I believe in effort. I believe in hard work. I believe in planning. I believe in prudence. I believe in following the principles of God and righteousness and all of those things. But how many know sometimes we run out? And that's when God takes over. Because there's going to be times in your life where you need God to step in because I can't do anything else. My plan failed. My plan flopped. My plan didn't happen like I planned it. But guess what? God had a plan from the beginning. The Bible said from the foundation of the earth, the lamb was slain. I want to tell you, God has a plan when we don't have a plan. Naturally, we know Mary couldn't have conceived a son. But yet Jesus was born of a woman, but was the Son of God this is a miracle. And I want to tell you today what a miracle is. A miracle is when I run out and God steps in. A miracle is when earth doesn't have an answer, but heaven has an answer. When earth doesn't have the resources, but heaven has the resources. It's when Jesus takes the wheel. It's when God steps in. And I want to tell you that God still does miracles today. Because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. She said, I'm a virgin. How's this going to happen? And the angel says in verse 37, for with God, nothing will be impossible. Notice it now. I want to make sure I'm in the Bible. It says, with God. I think we misquote it a lot and say, nothing shall be impossible for God. But that's not what it says. It says, with God. Am I in the Bible? Not for now, you wouldn't be wrong if you said nothing's impossible for God. I believe that. But that's not what the angel said. The angel said, nothing's impossible with God. Because what God wanted to do in Mary's life required her participation. She had lived a life that found favor with God. And so what God wants to do in your life, He wants to do with you. God doesn't want to just do it for you. God wants to do it with you. But the good news is it might be impossible with your ability, but it's not impossible with God's ability. It might be impossible with your resources, but it's not impossible with God's resources. Oh, somebody ought to help me preach. It's impossible with my history, my hang-ups, my situation, my circumstance, my past... Don't leave me up here by myself. My sin, my failure, my mistakes, my mess-ups, but guess what? Nothing is impossible when I bring God into my life, into the mix, into the situation. Nothing is impossible with God. Somebody ought to say that with me this morning, with God. I want to tell you today, every time you pray, you're inviting God into your situation. God, I've been trying, but I need a little help down here. Every time you pray, you're inviting a miracle into your situation. Every time you worship, you're saying, Lord, I, I, I you are the king. You are control of my life. You, you, you are the one. You are high and lifted. We were just singing. You are high and lifted up. You, you are, there's no one higher, there's no one greater than our God, you are on, and so I want to tell you, every time you pray, you're inviting a miracle into your situation. Every time you worship, you're inviting God to take control of your life. Every time you come to this house, you're saying, Lord, I'm, I've come one more time to just say, Lord, I'm starting my week in your house. I'm come to hear your word. I've come to worship you in this place. And what I can't do, I know that God can step in and do. And what can't happen in the natural, that's where the supernatural takes over. When I can't do it, guess what? Nothing is impossible with God. All right, I'm gonna jump into number two. The next one I see is is the filling of the Holy Spirit. Or I'll say the dwelling of the Holy Spirit. Or as people used to say, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And again, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, Luke one and forty-one, it says, and it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary. That the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Isn't that what it says? Now, here's what happens Mary comes into the room and says, Elizabeth, I'm pregnant. And Elizabeth, being pregnant with John the Baptist, and her baby leaps, John the Baptist leaps in her womb, and there's a filling of the Holy Spirit of Elizabeth with this child at the news of the coming Messiah, there's already an anointing on this mother's life, already an anointing on this child's life, and the Bible says she was filled with the Holy Spirit. By the way, I want people in my life that leap and rejoice when I got a testimony. Anybody with me? I don't want to stay here long because I don't got time. But, you know, there's people in your life that's not happy when you get blessed. And you know what? I ain't telling them my testimony. I'm telling somebody my testimony that can jump with me, praise God with me, shout with me, pray with me. I mean, no, we're called to weep with those that weep and rejoice with those that rejoice. I want people that will say, praise God about that. Elizabeth is full of the Holy Spirit, and that's another miracle that we see. Zachariah, the father, uh, Elizabeth's husband, the father of John the Baptist, we know was also filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth filled with the Holy Spirit. John filled with the Holy Spirit in the womb. The Holy Spirit came upon Mary. The Holy Spirit came upon Simeon and Anna as they prophesied over the child. In the Old Testament, we know that the Holy Spirit would come move, do a work, come upon a prophet, and then depart. Stay with me now because I want to show, show you something. In the Old Testament, uh, Samson would pick up the jawbone of a donkey and the Bible would say the Holy Spirit would come upon him. And then it would say the Holy Spirit would depart. King Saul would get righteously angry at the kidnapping. And he, he would cut the cattle up and say, by the time the sun gets hot tomorrow, this is going to happen. That's going to happen. The Bible says that, that there was a, a, a Holy Spirit power that would come over him and then depart. David would minister and worship and lead in and, and song and, da- and and dance. And the Holy Spirit would come on him and would depart. But now, in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit is filling, overflowing, infilling, indwelling, and watch it now, remaining. Because the sign to John the Baptist in John 1 and 33, he says, I didn't know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So notice that the Spirit come on Jesus and remains. That's the Messiah because he was a picture of the new covenant believer that when the Holy Spirit comes on you, it's going to stay on you. It's going to stay in you. It's going fit- to... Oh, somebody ought to get excited about that today. It's going to fill you. It's going to stay with you. Now, here's why that's good news. You might have come in here today and thought, it's kind of dreary out. It's not really sunshining. I didn't feel the goosebumps when the key changed on that song. I come to tell you, (laughs) I never read in Acts where goosebumps was a sign of uh, of the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm thankful for it, but I live by the Word. I live by faith, not by sight. And I'm, oh, I'm a cold, I'm anointed, I'm filled, I'm changed, I'm empowered, I'm forgiven, I'm saved, I'm sanctified. I don't need goosebumps because the Spirit came on me and remained. And Mary says, how's this going to happen? How's this going to happen? The angel says the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. As somebody preached before, for every how, there's the Holy Ghost. For every question, there's the Holy Ghost. How? The Holy Ghost. What? The Holy Ghost. When? The Holy Ghost. Why? Where? Where? For every question in your life, God's Spirit has the answer for it. How's the door going to open? The Holy Ghost. How am I going to overcome this? The Holy Ghost. How's my family going to get through this? The Holy Ghost. How is this going to happen? The Holy Ghost. I want to tell you, this church still believes in the power of the Holy Ghost. and it's still a promise of God. <laughs> I had somebody ask me recently, they said, do you need the Holy Ghost to go to heaven? I said, I need the Holy Ghost to go to Walmart, brother. <laughs> I can't get a parking spot. People are fighting. The line, you, you can't even find a checkout cashier. This, we're on live stream for this one, I forgot. God bless Sam Walton and his children and and all. I'm telling you, you need the Holy Ghost to go to the mall at Christmas time. We need the Holy Ghost. And I tell you, (laughs) I ain't got time for this. This is second service commentary here. Somebody said, I know somebody that spoke in tongues and they were weird. I said, I know people that don't speak in tongues, and they're weird. <laughs> so so I, I, just, I come to say today that I still believe in the power of the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost doesn't come to make a show or a spectacle, but comes to empower, comes to gift us, comes to change us, comes to charge us comes to counsel us, comes to lead us, take us from the natural to the supernatural. John said, I just baptize in water, but he come to baptize with the Holy Ghost and with fire. We need that fire in the house. People have real problems, real tragedies, real things. And I don't ever want to pastor a church where it's just a nice song, Just a nice little three-point mess. I got hit for doing three-point messages at the Christmas party, so this one's going to be more than three. Uh, I, don't, I don't want to have cute little funny three-point messages and people just, okay, that was not. No, I want there to be a moment in every service where it wasn't the organ, it wasn't the key change, it wasn't the vocalist, it wasn't the humor in the sermon, it was the fire it was the Holy Spirit, the fire fell. Somebody say it wasn't the preacher, it wasn't the or. It was the fire, it was Jesus, it was the baptizer of the Holy Spirit that came and did what he did. I got to move on. The third thing I see is a fulfilled prophecy. It was prophesied that the Messiah would come. uh, Micah 5 prophesied that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem, and he was. Jeremiah, now could you plan your birth city if you were trying to arrange that? I didn't plan what city I was born in, because I wouldn't have picked Indiana, I would have picked here. (laughs) Jeremiah 31 prophesied there would be an attack on Hebrew children, and there was. Hosea 11 prophesied that the Messiah would escape Herod to Egypt, and he did. Isaiah 7 prophesied that the Messiah would be born of a virgin, and he was. Now, I could go on for conservatively five prophecies about the life and ministries of Jesus. I don't have time for that, and I know you don't either. Now, that's an amazing faith builder in Jesus the Messiah, and and you could bring somebody to faith in the Lord with all of that, but here's what I want to emphasize today and say if God said it, that settles it, And, and it's not just that he's a promise giver, he's a promise keeper. And so if he said it, I'm going to stand on it. And if God said it, that settles it. There was a prophecy of Jesus to Eve. You know that? From the very beginning. It said the Messiah would be born of a woman and that the serpent that just had a little victory over Eve, that he would crush the serpent's head and it would just bruise his heel. Now that was a long time before Jesus was born. That shows me that God's word might take a while to come to pass. But stand on it because it's going to come to pass. It might not be when you want it. But how many know he's always right on time? I wish somebody would get faith in the house. It might not come when you want it, but he's right on time. I think we're used to microwaves, but prophecies aren't microwaved. 30 seconds, bang. Prophecies aren't 30 seconds. Here's what I noticed, though. Things cooked in the microwave are cheap. They're like little burritos, chicken nuggets. I'm not sure how much chicken is in that. Things cooked low and slow are expensive, Have you all bought your Christmas ham yet? That stuff's expensive. Christmas pot roast, ham. Where's Abraham at? Brisket. How much a brisket going for this Christmas, Abe? Seventy-five bucks. I'm going to come over for Christmas, Abraham. <laughs> <laughs> but but if you're microwaving Christmas dinner, you're missing something, because because things that take a while, they're worth the wait. There's a reason that burrito was microwaved in 30 seconds. There's a reason that hot pocket was microwaved in 30 seconds. It's scorching on the outside, frozen in the middle. But you cook that ham low and slow, that brisket low and slow, that pot roast low and slow, that rotisserie chicken... That Cornish game hen, that turkey, Hey, I'll tell you, I'm okay waiting for the turkey in the oven. I'm not here to microwave the turkey. I'm okay to wait on that brisket in the smoker. I'm not microwaving the brisket. I want to tell you that God, what God is doing, he's going to do right on time. And you're going to turn around and say, he was moving things. He was arranging things. He was putting things together, and God was right on time. And it's worth the wait. I'm going to skip number four, go to number five. Stay for the second service if you want number four. Number five, supernatural direction. The Bible says that the wise men, the magi and the wise men, that they were led by a supernatural direction. There was a star, Matthew 2 and 2 says, they were led to Bethlehem because they saw his star. They left Asia and went all the way to Jerusalem as probably a two, maybe even a three-year journey. And they had a clear view of the star every single night. God would part the clouds and he would lead them. How many would like a clear and supernatural direction and answer for your life? You know what I love in the Old Testament is the pillars of that of that tabernacle. You've heard me say it a lot of times. We're called strength and direction. Every time you come into the house of God, and every time you walk out of the house of God, you ought to leave with strength, and you ought to leave for direction. With direction, God's given me a divine appointment. God's given me a divine direction. God's given me a divine answer. God's given me a divine strength for my journey. How many? How, notice though. That God didn't give them a map. He gave them a star. Don't leave me now. He didn't give them a map. He didn't give them Apple Maps or whatever is used on Android. He didn't give them that. He gave them a star. He gave them light. Light for today's path. Manna for today's journey. Fuel for today's journey. That's the way that God will lead you because he don't want you getting out ahead of him because he's your, he's your strength for the journey. This is how God leads you. So many people are confused week to week, day to day, uh, up and down, double-minded this way and that way. I'm telling you that by God's light and God's spirit, God can give you clarity and supernatural direction, and you are led of the Lord. The Bible says the righteous man, his steps are ordered of the Lord, that he is directing our path in every single step. You can have a... You can have a know in your knower that I'm walking with God, and I'm in His will, and I'm following Him. That is what they have. Next thing I want to show you is that God will give you miraculous provision for that journey. It said in Matthew 2.11 that they came to the house, and they saw the child with his mother Mary. They bowed down and worshipped him. Here's talking about the Magi now. Then, and notice it was at the house, not at the barn, not in the manger, not in the stable. Now they're in the house. Mary and Joseph had made it home by this point. They opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now the New Living Translation says they opened treasure chests. Now I like that one better. Because I don't have treasure chests. If you broke into my house, I don't have treasure chests. Break into somebody else's house. I was hoping somebody would laugh at that one. I got a wallet. I don't have a treasure chest. But here's what's interesting to me is the other two things were even more valuable than the gold. There were three very costly gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Me and my youngest son were at the mall yesterday, and he goes, look. There's frankincense. And I thought, wow, they're selling frankincense at the mall now. I'm looking, I'm looking for it. And he goes, Yeah, men's frankincense. And I'm looking, where's men's fragrances? <laughs> and I look at it and say, nobody, that's men's fragrances. It was the cologne. I didn't even know what men's frankincense was gonna cost, you know. I thought, we're selling JC Penny, we're selling men's frankincense now. I didn't know. But... But what they had brought were three very expensive gifts, and from likely it wasn't just three like we depict them. Most commentators say it would have been a caravan, but we depict it as three men based on the three gifts. Some people even say it could have been hundreds of people in this caravan, all rulers, all magi, all VIPs, wealthy, important people. And they arrive at the house likely when Jesus is about two years old. And Matthew chapter 2 actually says that Jerusalem is in an uproar over this. There's all these chariots coming to town. There's all of these important people coming to town. And Mary and Joseph are in the house. They're just common, regular folks. The Bible emphasizes this. In fact, when Jesus was dedicated on the eighth day, they gave an offering in the temple of two turtle doves. We read that in Luke. Now, if you don't understand the significance of two turtle doves, that was the lowest acceptable offering that you could bring into the temple. Some would have brought gold or silver or or a full cow or a lamb or a goat or something like this, but they didn't have anything like that. They only had two turtle doves. It shows us that Joseph and Mary were very common and lowly people. But two years later, there's miraculous provision. Now, I'm just picturing them frying a bologna sandwich, making a hot dog. I like bologna sandwiches. It's okay. Okay. Maybe, maybe they're, they're struggling with ends making ends meet, and all of a sudden, they get a knock on the door. I don't know how many were in that caravan, but I like to think maybe it was 300, not three people, with gifts and treasure chests. And they say, we have some gifts for the baby. And Joseph and Mary are looking at each other. Well, let's let them in. Let's let them see Jesus. All of a sudden, they're bringing in silver, or they're bringing in gold, rather. They'll bring in frankincense. They're bringing in myrrh. Conservatively, I've read this week, this would have been conservatively a six-figure gift and could have been worth much, much more. It was supernatural provision for Jesus. And many commentators believe that it was to provide for His earthly ministry. Several times in the gospel, it would refer that they had a bag of money, possibly even the bag of money that Judas was stealing from. But guess what? If God provided it, it don't matter who's taken out of it. It was a miraculous provision from the beginning. I want to tell you today that God can supply all of your needs. I wish I had more time there, but I got to move on. Music come. I got to close. The last thing I see here is that they had dreams and they had visions. After they gave these gifts to Jesus, the Bible says that they were warned in a dream not to return to Herod and to go back another way. There were supernatural dreams and visions that changed their life. This is good news because you and I are promised that we too can have dreams and visions. Dreams and visions that change your life. When Zacharias saw the angel, he he had disbelief. The angel begins to tell him, you're going to have a son. The Bible even says that it was a vision from the Lord that really got him on board. And that Christmas story is filled with dreams and visions. How many know Acts chapter 2 gives us the fulfillment of the prophet Joel? That we will see dreams, have dreams and see visions. I want to tell you why this is great news. This is great news because you are not limited to the situation and the circumstance that you see around you right now. We might look around. We don't see how it's going to happen. Joseph's looking at his fiance, saying, I don't see how that's going to happen. Zechariah in his old age is saying, I don't see how that's going to happen. You might be looking at a situation in your life today and saying... I don't see how that's going to happen. But I'll tell you, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you can, in faith of God, that he'll put in your spirit by the word of God, that you'll say, I don't care what I see around me. I care what God has said to me because I am not walking by sight, but I am walking by faith. I'm walking by the dream that God gave me, the vision that God gave me, and it doesn't matter what I see around me. Stand with me. You know, Luke chapter 2, verse 10 and 11 is one of the foundational Christmas uh, verses here. But I love this right here because... The angel. What did the kids say today? They said, you know, if an angel shows up, you're going to be afraid, right? Who was that that said that? I heard that was funny. The angel shows up, says, don't be afraid. No matter what's going on in your life, don't be afraid. Because there is good news. And this good news will bring joy to all the people. And then it said, for unto you is born this day. Verse 11. For for unto you is born, Savior. I'm reading the King James, I'm quoting the King James. Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah and the Lord. The King James said, For unto you is born this day in the town of Bethlehem the Messiah, Christ the Lord. I want to tell you, if Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, that promise is available to you today. No matter what you face, you don't have to have fear. There is good news. You have a Savior. Not just for the shepherds, not just for Joseph and Mary, but for you. There is a Savior. There is a Messiah. There is a healer. There is a deliverer. There is a waymaker. He is Christ the lord how many lift up their hands all over the house today i want to just pray this prayer over you and we're going to invite the worship team to sing and i just want faith to rise in the house how many just lift up their hands right now how many would just say you know there is something that i need the lord to step into i need the lord to move in a situation in my life i want to pray that right now lord jesus we just pray down heaven right now into this house. God, we believe, Lord, that these promises are available to us. God, I believe there's people in this place that need supernatural provision. God, I believe there's people in this place that need supernatural protection, direction. I believe there's people that, that have questions that they need answers to. But I believe, Lord Jesus, that you are the answer. I believe that you are our Savior, that you are our Messiah. And everything that we face, we don't have to fear because we have a Savior. And we believe that and we claim that today in Jesus' name. We've got time this morning. I'm going to open this altar. I'm going to invite them to sing. I just invite you to let the Lord move in your life, move in this house this morning. There's no one higher. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Once again, thank you so much for listening. Share this message with a friend and don't forget to hit subscribe. See you next time.